welcome to the Credit Moments podcast with me, Matt Holt. And joining me for this episode is uh, Ali Cornwolf. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, fella? Oh, yeah, all right, mate. We were just saying that it's been a been a while since we've been on an episode together. We've it does. It feels passing in the night. It feels like an age. Uh, yeah, with with one thing or another, and the, the various specials we've done, things like that. But yes, yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite a while. So we're looking forward to a bit of a bit of a decent catch up. Yeah. Um, but whilst we we might be back together, we're missing someone. Yeah, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Now he's he's had an unfortunate decorating incident um, <laughs> in his daughter's bedroom. Um, and for the older viewers among you, if you've ever seen the classic Only Fools and Horses episode with the the falling chandelier, it it's oh. been a little bit like that, only messier. Oh, okay. I was thinking more of Mr. Bean, where he puts the firework in the tin of paint. <laughs> He's not quite that bad. <laughs> but but let's put it this way: his daughter doesn't have a bedroom at the moment, um, and he's in the doghouse with his wife. So he's fixing that, and uh, hopefully, he'll be back with us for the next episode. In fact, I'm pretty sure he will be, considering what yep. that one's going to be. But for this one, we're going to really catch you guys up on what we've been playing because we're quite conscious that actually we, we do a number of episodes and never tell anybody what we're on about. So, um, yeah, let's kick you off. Ali, go on. What have you been playing over the last few weeks? Lots of Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Code of Momentum related by any chance? Yeah, maybe, yeah. So, um, managed to finish um, the Chronicles. So, the, the China Chronicles, that is. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. It was quite frustrating in parts. I don't know whether that's just my lack of tolerance, I guess, to, to side-scroller games or whatnot. Um, mm. It's very good. Looks looks very, very pretty. There was just times where it was really, really hard. Um, and I just had to take a bit. To, I, I kind of played it in chunks. The minute I started to get frustrated with it, I was like, right, that's it. I'm putting it down. And then I'd come back and I'd breeze through that next bit. Um, whether that's how everyone else is playing them, I don't know. But it's just how I felt I had to play it. I've got a feeling that's how they have been going. I've seen a lot of comments from the community, particularly with the Chronicles games, saying uh, so-and-so's feeling my pain. This is such a challenge to get through. I've got to work up the motivation. So it feels like, actually, the the bonus month of getting extra five points for doing an Assassin's Creed game is actually having the right kind of impact. Yeah, and... Um... I think they rush. I think they seem to, from what I gather, I know Stuart Neal and VDJ and B are both ploughing through them and a few others. Yeah. And it seems they get worse as they go along. Russia in particular, the last one, seems to be a bit flaky. India's okay, but you start out with no weapons. Right. So I'm used to kind of like running along. And if I mess up, because I'm not going for a perfect run as such, I'll just beat them all up or do do as much as I can. It's not it's not one of those games where you can just like a normal Assassin's Creed game and everyone comes on you and hopefully fend them all off. But I was I found that a tricky to start off with that you had to literally either stealth pass them or knock them out if you can. Yeah. So it plummets you in quite a difficult level. If you'd not played China beforehand and you went straight into India, there's quite a learning curve there. To know the the levels are very kind of three dimensional if you like. Yeah. Um, have you played one, Matt? Not of the Chronicles, no. I've um, it, it, not once I've been. I'll be honest, I've not been particularly interested, so I haven't gone. Oh, for okay. One. So the the, the three dimensional side is you can kind of scale the wall, and then there's like another ledge, and you can go deeper into the level, but you don't. Act, the camera doesn't necessarily follow you as such, and if you go through a window, it will then take that wall out, and you can see what you're doing and and things like that. And that's only obvious to me because of how much I've played China. I'd be interested to see what the other guys think. In India, the walls are painted slightly different. They've like got a bit of a mosaic on it. And that's an indication that you can jump down. Mm. And that's the only way I kind of got through the first level or so, is by knowing that, because it doesn't really hold your hand that much with that. And then you get your weapons and, and you're well away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, it, it's it's been interesting. I was hoping to get more done, but with other games and commitments and all that, as we all know, I've not managed to get that many done. The other one I have been playing... And I really wanted to try and complete and um, Mark called me out on it to say, yeah, good luck, which was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> so I think I've doubled my level. I'm now like level 34 or something like that. And I'm 
probably just over halfway through the game. And oh. I've not been particularly going off on too many side quests either. That is purely the main story. Maybe 5% <laughs> is is side missions. It's a phenomenally big game. Yeah. it's. I'm really enjoying it and it's really, really good. And I like some of the additions. They've, they've updated the game quite a lot and added quite a lot in since launch. But... It's it's massive. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. I thought I was further in than what I was when I said, yeah, I'm going to pledge it. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But I'm definitely going to get it completed soon yeah. because I'm enjoying it. And I need to go back and do oranges and, well, quite a lot of them, to be fair, because I've not completed that many. But um, it's, it's been a nice thing on Twitter and that. that there's a lot of people... I, I feel your pain, Matt, to work out the scores because there's going to be a lot of double ups and, and whatnot as well as the bonus points that you're very generous with and yeah yeah we'll get them double checked before we announce <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is there is a lot going on this month yeah um, i mean mark's been i see oh, four i know i know I think- we'll, we'll say this on the momentum episode as well but i am absolutely impressed that he's done four assassin's creed yep. games and they're full fat assassin's creed games as well not yes. the chronicles yep. and that's not dissing the chronicles because obviously they sound quite difficult and there's freedom cry which is a little bit smaller but that's still three full fat assassin's creed games before the halfway point in the month as well yeah and and i i can vouch for the fact that they as far as i'm aware at least i think it's assassin's creed 2 was Pretty much, it must have just been on a backlog that it's had, whether it was a backwards compatibility game on 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 the Xbox, and that is like pretty much from the start as well. Yeah, yeah. So no. that's, that's some good going. Stunning. <laughs> Stunning my hat. <laughs> yeah, and I think there'll be a lot of people getting some shout outs. Um, I won't be one of them. I did put down Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, it's not gone in the drive yet, and I doubt in the last few days of the month it is either. Yeah, if I manage to do Odyssey in the next, what have we got a week just over? The point of us recording this, yeah, a week. Yeah. I, yeah. A week with a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, but it's also, as we've just discussed in Monaco and the Indy 500 and whatnot. So yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. few other distractions this weekend, isn't there? Oh, yes. Your know, family is, yeah. and everything else as well. So it's, um, uh, yeah. 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 All right, then. So have, have you managed to squeeze anything in that's not Assassin's Creed? A little bit. A little bit. So I've played, um, I've, I went back on F1 2018. I just fancied driving with the wheel and I wanted to just get a few achievements on it. And then I ended up just spending ages around Bahrain, which I think is only the second race in the career doing the, the extra little mini game bits. Um, Whatever you call them, like in the practice mode and whatnot. It's still really, really good. Really, really enjoy it. And I'm just looking forward to the next game, which is out at the end of June, the 28th of June, I think. After yes, the, that- obviously the episode that you did with uh, with Stu, which yes, I'm also very jealous. He went to um, a little bit good that I missed out on the episode, but it, it was a, it was a good episode nonetheless. Um, and very jealous he got his hands on those oh. Fanatec wheels. Yeah, yeah. The, but, uh, the, the the thing that probably didn't come across in the episode, in fairness, is that I had to look into his eyes via the the camera as we were recording that, and it, they were smug eyes. They were. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been playing that. And, and one thing that was really interesting in that is the, something that's never happened to me before. And it's a really nice little touch. So I was in the middle of, uh, I think it was free practice two and I was doing tireware management. Right. So within this, in this mini game for anybody that's, that's not played it, you have a, a, a gauge at the top and it goes red, green, purple. Uh, red is obviously, you're not looking after your tires at all. Green is okay and purple is optimal mm-hmm. you go around a lap and you have not only do you have to keep your eye on your tires and manage your tire wear but you also have an, a minimum lap time that you have to hit so there i am and you get i think about four or five laps to to do it and get an average and then you get some points at the end of it so i started my lap and then suddenly the um damage on the bottom right hand side just flashed up with my rear wing and i'm like mm-hmm. um what's going on? Nobody's around me. Nobody's hit me. I've not hit anything. I've not spun it out. And then suddenly the engineer comes over the radio and went, oh, we've got a fault with the DRS. You can't open your DRS. I was like, bugger. <laughs> so I'm trying to get a smooth lap in looking after my tyres. I've got a certain time that I need to hit 
but then I can't open up the rear wing to get that extra speed down the straights to make up for any lost time for taking my time into the corners. And then it, they said, and then he was on the radio saying, leave it with us. You don't need to come in. Just keep putting the laps in. And then he came back on saying, we're, we're working on it. it. We think we can do it from the garage. And then I think by the end of the second lap, they went, oh, we fixed it. And it, oh, it's cool. good to go again. And I didn't even get the bleeps or anything in it. And it's the first time I've had that kind of mechanical failure. Yeah, because I know there's mechanical failures in it. I've had suspension or I've had engine failures in the games before. I haven't had anything that, that's gone wrong that they've, they've then fixed during yeah. the laps. The, the annoying thing is, is I didn't record it and I'd love to have, <laughs> it'd have been, a, you know, something to show how good the game is. Because obviously the, the only time we've ever retired from a race is if we've crashed into yeah, each other. usually, round. yeah. Or, you know, crashed, the, the AI's crashed into us. But I just thought that that's awesome. That is proper sim racing to an extent that they were working on it in the garage and I was just like, yeah, I'll just keep putting the laps in then, lads. And suddenly it was fixed and off we went. And it was just a really nice little touch. Ah, superb. It is It is yeah. a brilliant game. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second one as well. Second one. What is it? The 20th one or whatever it tenth, actually it was is. It's the 10th one by Codemasters because there's yes. an anniversary edition this time and you're yeah. getting extra bits and, and whatnot. But yeah. anyway... We, We'll, we'll turn into an F1 podcast. Yeah, yeah, let's move, let's move it on, move it on. What else? I've been back on Two Point Hospital as well. Oh, right. You keep hearing good things about this, and it's the type of thing I think I'd enjoy. Yeah, so one of my mates has been back on it, and the main reason for going back on it is because I thought a feature was live, but it isn't, but there's a co-op feature coming out, and I think you can both manage a hospital, and I was just interested to see what it's like, but it's not live yet. I think it's in beta testing at the minute or something right. like that. But yeah, just been back on that and having fun with that. There's some mods out for it now and you can change the wallpaper and different things and upload your own wallpaper yeah. and whatnot if you want. But yeah, it's just a really good... If you're if you into Theme Hospital, it's more of the same, just with a bit more updatedness to it and a bit more wackiness. Mm-hmm. So you have people that are um, have got pan head and they've literally got a pan on the head. That you, got, <laughs> you have to get a pan extractor to extract it. So it's got that yeah. tongue-in-cheekness to it. Uh, but really good fun and just something just to chill out and play, really. Nice. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I've played a little bit. We've had, we've had, I think between us all, we've had a fair amount of um, review copies this month. It's been a bit of a crazy month. It can't be, so, actually, yes, it has been really busy. Yes, yeah. Um, so the, the main, well, there's, there's two, but I think there's one that you're going to talk about, which I won't mention now. Fair enough. I think I know which one that is. Yep. Uh, so the other one is For the King, which Andy's going to kind of phone in shortly and tell us hopefully a little bit more about the game. But this is a very interesting RPG game, if you like, which is, I don't know whether it's based on a board game or based on the fact that you could play it as a board game. So you have a team of characters that you pick and they all have different abilities and you get to name them and things. So you can have an archer, you can have someone that heals you, you can have the, the warrior and, and whatnot. And each, and then the board, the, 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 the game board, if you like, or the, the play style, is they're all in hexagons and you have so many moves that you can move to get to where you need to get to. And there's little villages that pop up. And as you're moving, suddenly like a, a, a cave might appear and you can go in it if you want to right and it gives you that option or or a, an enemy might appear and you may have already explored the area but you might just kind of cross paths yeah so you have movements but then when you get into combat it's turn based as well it's a little bit like going back to the old school final fantasy days and it's a really nice little game and it is really really hard so i tried <laughs> to do the first world i think there's about six or seven different worlds or boards to do and as you go along you can split your team up if you want to but if they're too far away they can't join combat yeah and other people can kind of come in and help you and there's little villages you can go to to restore on items you can set up a camp where you can heal yourself mm. and and things like that and it's it's a really nice game the, the only regret at the minute is i've not had that much time to put more time into it yeah just something a little bit different and, and really kind of casual to play you could just sit back and relax to it it gets a bit intense in the battles but You've not really got to put a lot of time and effort into it. You just sit there and play away. Um, I'm playing on the Xbox, and I think personally it'd be a really nice game to have on the Switch. Ah, is it it'd one of those well. that, that would benefit from being portable? 
Yes. Yeah. Just because you can kind of take a turn and then save it if you want. It's one of those ones where you can just pick it up and do a little bit and move around. It's just you have to be very careful in terms of picking your battles and making sure you don't split up your team too much because things do pop out of nowhere and give you a good hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, like I said, Andy's been playing it as well. Um, He he said he would phone us in uh, from the disaster site that is his daughter's bedroom. Uh, So here we go. Over to you, Andy. Right, hello boys, sorry I couldn't be with you today, but coincidentally I have been playing quite a lot of For the King on the Switch. It's a story-driven RPG, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you, you have uh, three characters that you um, you can kind of choose different classes for, different weapons, different uh, outfits. You start the game and it, it turns out the king's just been murdered and, and you have to solve the mystery of who's killed the king. Uh, you do that on what's like an isometric grid. It's kind of got a, a slightly 3D cartoonish vibe. It's it's nice. It looks it looks really pretty. So you go off. You have to have to find out who's killed the king, and you you start in the overland. So this isometric grid, which you can uh, traverse across, and it's all it feels very much like a tabletop game, like a board game. Uh, everything's random number generated so it's as if you're as if you're rolling dice so your movement depends on the outcome of dice rolls uh, combat action depends on the outcome of dice rolls uh, same with when you you can visit locations and uh, you can get you know if you go to a location you you essentially have a have a roll of the dice as it were and you get an outcome and that might be increasing your resistance or your attack or you can reduce what's called chaos so chaos is like you know the <laughs> Well, the chaos in the land, what's going on since the death of the king. Um, There's bad guys, there's a power struggle, and if the chaos builds up too much, then you get what's called a scourge. Uh, And a scourge is basically a a timed event, so you have so many turns to find the scourge and defeat it before uh, you get like a, a global status effect take place, which might be, I don't know, losing money or... Uh, lowering your resistance or attack or creating more enemies to to fight um, it's got a day night cycle so it's easier in the daytime there's less monsters so you've got to you've got to balance the speed at which you want to get things done with should I rest up should I make camp um, should we heal and you also get focus points uh, which you can recover by resting or visiting uh, by visiting towns and uh, and using the merchants there and the focus points basically help you to um, to tip the favor in your direction when you make these make these dice rolls or when the game makes the rolls for you uh, so you can uh, you can improve the odds that you get doing that and it's good fun it, it's yeah it's it's also a roguelike so it's it's quite tricky at first but you realize that's entirely the point of it so when you when you're fighting in the overland you, you you walk around on this isometric grid and you can get involved in battles but then you go into dungeons and dungeons are essentially um just a series of rooms and floors to beat so you just keep progressing through coming up against monsters uh you get merchants in there treasures obstacles traps you you have to work your way through those and it's quite tough you, you have a series of lives and if uh, one of your characters dies you can just revive them um and you lose one of the lives that you have as a team but if you get a team wipe if all of your your team of three adventurers is killed you go back to the start and it's a roguelike so um you have what's called the law store and you can go in there and when you defeat these dungeons and do other things in the overland and um you get these law points and then you can spend them in the law store to add permanent effects to your game so it might be new weapons that are available to find or buy it might be new locations for um you know uh, ways to uh, to find buffs uh, and you can also unlock new adventurer classes including uh, there's one called the herbalist which changes the the what's called god's beard which is your kind of basic healing item um when when your herbalist uses one of those all of your characters get the benefit which is you know obviously massive so um it's a really good game. It's got a lot of depth to it that I, I wasn't expecting. 
the console version also uh, comes with the five expansions that have been released for the game as well so far. So we've got the Frozen expanse, which is basically um, just an expansion that looks like it's set in post-Eternal Winter Arendelle. Uh, the Into the Deep expansion, which is uh, an aquatic expansion, so it, it gives you more to do with the boats, more more monsters at sea, I think you, you end up fighting on your boat. And it also introduces guns, but you've, you've got unlimited ammo, but it takes you an additional combat turn to reload after you fire, so um, you, they're quite high power, so the, there's the advantage there, but the disadvantage is you have to wait a turn between firing and reloading. Uh, you've got Dungeon Crawl, which is basically where you, you have to get between, I think it's four or five dungeons in the Overland to shut down what they call Chaos Generators, so um, that's a slight variation on the uh, on the main game. Um, Hildebrandt's Cellar, which is an endless dungeon mode, uh, so no Overland portion, and then, um, and, then <laughs> and then possibly my favourite, you've got the, the Gold Rush Uncooperative mode, where um, basically you're set a bounty, you can, you can determine what that bounty is which essentially determines your game length and players have to be the first person to deliver that bounty of gold to the big bad uh, one of the scourges and um <laughs> it's good fun the um that differs very slightly you, you can have unlimited lives so you know death is um death isn't such an issue it's just a bit of a setback you get you get more xp stuff tends to be a bit cheaper um, so it's encouraging quick play. There's a lot of loot to get, and yeah, and and essentially the idea is that you you do have to play as a team, in a way. You, when you enter dungeons, you you do it together as a as a party, but you just because you want to win, because you want to get the gold. <laughs> the idea is to be as uncooperative as as you can with your fellow players. So um, some of the examples they give is uh, waiting till you get into a a fight with somebody that's you know with a with an overleveled enemy and then um and then run away you know do the do the dice roll to run away leaving your leaving your two co-op partners behind or uh, or deliberately deliberately skipping turns so that you can try and get the the winning blow and um and get a chance to steal the gold uh before before your partners do so yeah it's, it's just a lot of fun i've really enjoyed that for the king uh, i've been playing it on the nintendo switch Definitely worth uh, definitely worth a go if you're especially into RPGs, roguelikes, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I've been playing it straight off the back of a lot of Final Fantasy XII, uh, the Zodiac Edition, and this was a really refreshing change. You know, to move from from one kind of RPG to a completely different kind of RPG it was really really nice actually. So uh, yeah, it's good. Right, I've got to go now. It's all sounding a bit hectic. So uh, all right, bye. Well, cheers, Andy. Thanks for that. It uh, sounds like you're having fun. Great. Yeah, yeah, nothing to worry about at all. <laughs> no, hopefully you'll be back for the next episode. What have you been playing, Matt? Oh, I've, I've been playing all sorts. Absolutely all sorts. And you know what? The first one I'm going to talk about is the one that you held off on. Because oh, yeah. you, you've done me two nice little leads in, actually. Well, you know. One is we both, play, both played the same game. And yep. it's a Plague Tale Innocence from Asobo Studios. And it is a a medieval stealth adventure. Yes, yeah. Is it a little bit like Two Brothers? Yes, yeah. Brothers? And if anything, a little bit Last of Us in its yes. storytelling yep. style. Yeah. And... I wasn't sure what to expect from this. And it's turned out to be one of the better games I've played this year. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. The story gripped me right from the off. It is it is predominantly a stealth game all the way through. The stealth mechanics aren't perfect. But the the actual story, the environment, the setting, and what you have to do mixed in with various puzzle elements is really good. It's, um, it's set in France. Uh, the... You're playing as a young girl whose family are being persecuted by the Inquisition. She loses everything. Uh, she's only got a little brother. There's a rat infestation because of the plague. Um, they are vicious. They will kill you. They'll swarm and kill you. Uh, there are soldiers out hunting for her. She can't fight them because she's a 
really quite a young girl versus heavily armoured soldiers. Mm. It's it's really interesting in the way it deals with it. But the main thing for me that I think gripped me was her development and the way she progresses as a character in her attitudes to the world and her brother and the people around them all the way through the game. And it had me it had me hooked until the end. It had me hooked that well. And this was the other bit that led in. You mentioned handheld game. Yep. I played this while I was on holiday a hundred miles from home entirely over remote play. Ah, nice. With on a dodgy PSVR. with a dodgy uh, connection. Vita. <laughs> yeah. On the Vita with a, a, a connection that wasn't massively stable. Um, but the story had me that much that I persevered and played the entire game. And doubly so, for anybody who's, who's played anything via remote play in the past, and you're playing a full-on game, your L2 and R2 buttons are mapped to either the touch screen or the touch back of the PS Vita, and they're not the most comfortable or easy-to-use positions, and they don't register very well. And the vast majority of the mechanics in this game are based on L2 and R2. <laughs> Nice. So Q twisting my fingers up, trying to get slingshots thrown and ammo selected and everything. It was awkward. It was really difficult for some of the boss fights, but I was hooked. So I carried on. I just kept going with it. So it's good that if you like, you've not had a great experience with the game because you, the way you chose to play it, if you like, but it's still got you that much. I know sometimes when you, when you play a game, if if the story wasn't that good and the mechanics and the way it looked, I think you'd have ditched it and at least waited till you got home to play it properly. Yeah, yeah I would have done. So it, it, it says a lot about the game if it's managed to grip you that much that you've still managed to persevere with it on remote play and still have a lot of good things to say about it. And yeah. it's just a, well, that's the features of the Vita. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I've not even actually booted it up on the PS4 to see what it looks like in proper... HD resolution oh, yeah. streamed without pixelation and dropouts in signal. I haven't done it because I've, I've still just enjoyed it. So I, I'm only into like Act 3, I think. There's just been a lot on. Um, but it looks amazing. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. The, the way it works, the way you have to kind of help your brother across walls and the way someone helps you with how you, they say, look, you've got to look after your brother you can't just jump over a wall first. And there's a few things early on that kind of sets that tone that she's now got to look after a brother and you two are on the run together. And it's nice as well that unless this changes later on, you don't actually ever control her brother. Again, it might change later on. I will neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) But at least the bits I've played, you haven't, you don't, and you have to send him through and there's a real nice tension building in the game because there could be some guards and you're waiting for your brother to crawl through a hole to yeah. unlock a door for you to quickly run through. And and the way the villagers treat you as well is very organic yes. in the, the first village you go to and they think you've got the plague. They don't realise that you are a a family of stature and wealth and, and whatnot. And they're just slamming the doors in your face saying, no, yeah. plague. And, and it's not until you go around the corner in that first village and you see the white X's and you're like, Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're in a bit of bother here. <laughs> it's no, it's it's beautifully beautifully done. I mean, I've I've seen the static screenshots. I took uh, through the Vita. I took the screenshots that I used in the review, so I have I have seen them, but I've not actually seen it genuinely in motion on the PS4. I, I should yeah. probably do that, but I didn't need to to enjoy the game. And uh, and it is, I think one of the things that stood out is it's not a ten hour escort mission. You're not having to look after your brother and drag him around. Actually, when when you are taking him with you, you're, you're a joined character as such because she holds his hand. Yeah. But you just walk, it's yeah. just like controlling one character. You're not having to mess around and worry about where he is. You just control yourself. And, and if you're hidden, he's hidden. You don't have to think too much about it. It works really nicely. Yeah, like you say, because you are joined by the hand, you until you have to let him go to go and do something because he might not physically, you might not be able to walk across together. You don't worry about him because he's yeah. just literally holding onto your hand. And there's a few bits where you have to run as well. And it works really well. It's not janky at all, at least what I've played of it. Yeah. I know sometimes when you kind of control two characters at the same time, to an extent, it can get a bit janky and 
No, no, it to works. the point that sometimes arms are going flailing all <laughs> over the place and stuff, um, and and it's not had that at all. It's very, very smooth game. It is. No, no, really, really highly recommend that for a different game if you like narrative storytelling and, and something that's engaging and just brilliantly designed it, it, from the genuinely the way they've graphically represented the period through to the puzzles you have to deal with with the hordes of rats it's it's excellent and it just it keeps unlocking nice little bits and pieces as you go all the way through so there's something different right the way through to the end and that's that's what i really enjoyed as much as everything else so definitely check out a plague tale innocence just if if i know there's quite a few people that have recently done hellblade that are listening to the Mm. podcast if you're a fan of that i think you'd be a fan of this minus the 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 mental health aspects to it and and the talking in your ears but it's a similar kind of narrative driven um with a granted this hasn't got any combat in it as such there's just more kind of distraction and you throw in uh rocks and different things to distract people but it's a similar style and look to the games so if anybody's a fan of that i think you'd be a fan of this as well good advice i haven't played hellblade yet that's that's one on my list yeah i can't play it in my head (laughs) I've tried, and that, that's legit. It, yeah, messes with my head too much. <laughs> uh, what wouldn't mess with your head, or rather would mess with your head quite drastically, um, Sniper Elite V2 Remastered. Oh, how did I know you'd been playing that, Matt? <laughs> yeah, playing that one. Uh, superb. Uh, is it as good as Sniper Elite 3 or 4? No, it, it isn't, because it is still stuck with the old mechanics. Um, but as... Uh, really the first console introduction to the series, it still works and it's still got some really nice set pieces in it and I think it's it's one for if you missed it rather than maybe recommending going out and diving straight into it. I think 4 is more accessible and user friendly than this but it's still good and it's a bit cheap and it's got everything in it including their very infamous kill hitler mission which i'd never played before until uh, this version cool yeah I, i've i'm i'm bad with that. i like the sniper elite games but i just never got chance really to play them i think i've got three on my xbox one ready to finish and play a bit more of but i've just never done it <laughs> no, this, this is it it's got the co-op elements in it it's got the multiplayer and it's got the bonus missions, all the DLC. It's, it's even got extra characters that weren't in the original game at any point. There's stuff they've brought oh, in cool. from uh, Zombie Army Trilogy, just so you've got different skins and things. But it's, cool. it is a really nice game, but it's, it is great to see how much it has progressed and yeah. become more playable as you've gone through Zombie Army Trilogy 3 and 4. Um, yeah. And I can't wait for Sniper Elite 5. I think we're, we're at least a year, maybe, maybe two years, but we know it is in development. When you say cheap, are we talking £30, something like that? I think it is. I think it's 30 yeah. or less. If you own it on Steam, which is one of, this is one of the few games I also owned on Steam as well as the PS3, um, mm. the upgrade's free, I believe. Oh, nice. I haven't yeah, logged into good. Steam to check since it went live, but um, I've, I'm sure I read somewhere that the update was free. Cool. Which is, which is nice. Yeah, always a bonus. What else have you been playing, Matt? Anything else? Oh, another thing that you might like. Did you notice yeah. that the force feedback patch dropped for Dirt Rally 2.0? Yes and no. I know it was on its way, but I've not had chance to go back and have a fiddle. And I, I did see your article about your tweaks. So yes. is it better? It is. It is. Uh, now, I didn't have major issues before, but with the tweaks that they've made, I can tell quite a difference now. Now, the patch did drop earlier than they said it was going to. I think it was actually supposed to drop about two days before we recorded this, but it landed about a week ago. Um, And so I got on at the weekend, I picked a few tracks, and I just worked through playing around with the options. But one of the things I actually did, I did Monte Carlo, because I've gone for the season pass content, um, because I I know they should really have included a lot of the tracks in the game, Mm -hmm. but equally, I just wanted more from it. And the switch between snow ice and tarmac on those stages just shows it off no end it is really really different you can feel the grip in the tarmac you can feel you're heading straight for the barriers as soon as you hit snow patch it is it's brilliant 
I noticed that when we first did our articles, I did a video, you, you did an article on the website that there was some weird differences and it'll be interesting to see if they've been ironed out or not because um, we kind of compared notes yeah. and I, I'm, I think I messaged you to say, I've just been looking at your settings and I don't get this. I can't remember exactly what there was, but there was something that you was getting that I wasn't. And then there was something that I was getting that you wasn't. And although yeah. we've got different wheels, there was things where I think it was something to do with the vibration and linearity and, and things like that. And it's stuff uh, that yes, was yes. basic kind of settings that applies to all wheels. It wasn't the fact that I was on a Thrustmaster with my T3 P3, uh, T3 P3A pedals or whatever they are. This is for me to say. Um, but it was, it was weird. So it'd be interesting to have a look to see if that's changed. Yeah, you yeah you did check yours. As far as I can see, nothing's altered for me. The two greyed out options, I forget what they were, um, are mm. still greyed out for mine. Okay. Um, but the, the main change is basically the suspension setting. They've, that's the bit they've worked on so that it feeds back the road and surfaces better yep. through the suspension. So they've tweaked how that works. And I, I say tweak, I think it's quite a radical overhaul. Mm. And then what it says in the notes is that it now defaults to setting 100, um, which is kind of just on the upper end of the mid-range. Um, right. and that you're to play with it from there. Well, it didn't actually reset mine to 100. I had to move it to there. And actually, I've dialed it even further up to get more feedback. But then oh, I've played okay. a lot with the tyre feedback as well. Yep. And it's I've got it to a setting I like, but like we've, hmm. we had a very long conversation on this, but it's all personal. Um, it but is, I've yeah. found it much better for understanding what's happening beneath the car. What yeah. has come with this, and you, if you go... If you're interested in this and you do want to look at your settings or, or play around with it, head to the article because I've put the links in there. Uh, but they have also written a document that explains all the settings under the wheel configuration. Oh, nice. So actually, if there's something you're not quite sure about what it's doing, you can go and look at it. It's been written for PC users, but obviously the default settings are there for console users as well. So I've had a good skim through that. And it's come from the sort of head project lead and one of the one of the designers mm. as well so they they know exactly what they're on about so they really are addressing this issue but i've yeah, I found it's made a, a significant difference and it might just be me but i i feel a bit faster yeah because i know when we we were playing it before i kind of put it down for a bit because i was just struggling with it just because i couldn't get the the feel that i wanted yeah in the car for me there wasn't and, and i think this is where they've had to address it and radically do some changes to it was for me there wasn't any difference between being on mud tarmac and and the rest of it uh, there is now there and, is definitely yeah and i think that's now. where they i don't know what they did between dirt four and this to, to kind of screw that up but it's nice that they've they've addressed it especially with all the games that are coming yeah because obviously we've got the f1 game on the way and then announced earlier this week as, as we're recording we've got grid yes coming as well which very excited for. Oh It'll yeah, be that looks good. To see it? what they do with it. Yeah, as long as they don't do a grid two with it, which was shocking. But Autosport was good. A lot of people call Grid Autosport Grid two point oh or yeah. Grid two, um, sorry or something like that. There's a lot of dubbed um, things for it. So there's been a lot of tweets about it, and there's a lot of excitement around the community. I mean, quite a few different racing communities about this game. A lot of people are saying, could it be a Forza killer? Because we're not getting a new Forza this year. I know that will hurt Stuart and he might just be crying <laughs> a little bit. But Forza 7, it is what it is. And it's not the best at the minute. And for them not to put out another one is damaging their community. And if Codemasters do well, because they they address issues. They're not one of those studios that just go, deal with it. Turn 10. But they... They are sorting things out with dirt. They've sorted it out. It's taken them a while, but at least what you've got yeah. is a lot better. Yeah, the the F one games are fantastic. Mm -hmm. They have they have got so much better in the last couple of iterations. It's unbelievable. And then for them to just go and do a general autosport racing game and bring the grid games back could be an interesting like kind of stake in the ground. So yeah, still talking about driving, but. Well, maybe not so much driving, uh, but Rage Two. Oh, yeah. I have, I have played and finished it. Oh, wow! 
Now okay. we're recording this sin. nine days after it came out. Is that and I was so on, short? I was on holiday for half of that period and wasn't able to put the, the game in the machine. And I have been at work for about half of the half of that period. That gives you an indication of how short it is. Seven uh, f***ing missions. Is that it? That's it. Oh, and I was really looking forward to that because I quite enjoyed it. We've, we've discussed this several times. We all enjoyed the first one, or kind of, but nobody can remember jack all about it. It's disappointing that it's only seven missions long. It, it, uh, For a the, 40, 50 pound game. The thing with it is the gunplay and combat is almost pure doom. It's brilliant. Yes. The yep. combination of the shooting and the powers and the fluidity, and I am playing it on a pro, so it's running at 60 FPS. Apparently the standard version is only run at 30, so that might make a bit of a difference. But it's brilliant. It's so fun. Um, and I, I went to see John Wick 3 at the weekend, and yep. I came back from that, and I played a bit of uh, Rage, and I was feeling a bit John Wick, if I'm honest. It's that it was yeah, that kind yeah, yeah. of adrenaline rush nice. feeling for whipping the way through bad guys. But it doesn't last long enough with that. A combat scenario might go on for two or three minutes, and then the next 15 or 20 is collecting stuff and trundling around the waist and looking for another encounter. Mm. It's quite... It's not slow-paced. It's just built Spots. up of a lot of side missions and doesn't really have a focus to guide you. You've got your intro mission, which is not optional because you're thrown straight into it when you start the game. And then you get somebody say, okay, we need to defeat this bad guy. Go and see these three people in the wasteland who'll prep you for Project Dagger. You go and see them. They have two missions each, six missions, and then Project Dagger at the end. And that's it. That is it. It is done. It introduces you to characters it doesn't use. It it has an absolutely absurd currency system. There's like three or four different currencies and they're used for multiple things and you never earn enough. It doesn't hold your hand, which I like, but it doesn't provide any guidance in the gameplay, which makes it completely lose focus. It sounds like yeah. I'm dissing it. It's actually an awful lot mm. of fun when you're shooting things in the face or slamming them from the ground with superpowers. But it just doesn't feel like they've really considered making it a full game. It's it's such an odd thing. And yeah. for me to for me in this last sort of week in in the four when they get back, I got back Friday. I played a couple of hours Friday afternoon. I think I played a couple of hours Saturday afternoon sunday i was playing dirt 2 with the rally sessions and then yep. i was back at work so I, I haven't really had a huge amount of time on it i can't tell you how much time i spent on it because it doesn't recognize rest mode so it thinks it's been solidly on for five days uh, uh, but it's you know it's just it's disappointing uh, hearing that this, this is the thing i'm not sale. actually disappointed which is even a weirder feeling <laughs> i feel a little bit let down but yeah. I found myself noting because I knew I was going to the final mission. I didn't do it. I just started right. doing the exploration. And by that point, I picked up like a little gyrocopter, which made travel a bit easier. And I was just bombing around. But I did hit a point where I thought, actually, I really do need to finish it. I need to do it. And I finished the game. And I'm missing a superpower and I'm missing half the weapons. And I've read an article since I wrote, wrote the review and put it on the site. I've read an article. You can finish the game in under two hours if you just you know, pretty much bombed to the end because you're not restricted by anything at any point. Bit too open world then. Kind the thing of. is, it's a really nice map. It's not too big, but it's big enough. It's got a lot of variety in the things that you do. It's just... Is it just the fact oh. that it is just too short then? Yeah. For, if it, for, it, for 40 quid, you've bought probably closer to 50. You've... Yeah, been done short. Yeah, you're, if you like. you're 45 quid for something that's really relying on emergent gameplay rather yeah. than structured story missions, and that's what it's lacking. That's that's what it's missing. The humor spot on. Every everything's there. It's tongue in cheek. It's brash. It's over the top. It's fast paced. Yet, yeah. I can't give it more than a seven out of ten. It's that kind of thing. It's just above average. Is it like paying for a first-class seat on an aircraft just to hop over the, the water to, to Belfast? 40-minute flight. By the yeah. time you're up, you're on your way back down. Yeah, you yeah. First -class Pretty much, seat actually. That's a really good analogy. I used a different one in the review. I forget what it is. So you'll have to go read it. But um, 
yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, so you've paid for all these luxuries, but you've not even got the benefit of you know a two three hour flight. You've in the, you know in this instance, you've like you say, yeah. someone completes it in two hours, and you've done it on a, a fairly hard difficulty. Is it is it an easy platinum, or is it really making you work for that one as well? And it's no, just no, like, well, I think it's going to be. I um I hesitate to use easy because I think it's going to be a bit grindy looking at a yeah, couple of the trophies but I don't think it's going to be difficult you don't have to do mm. it on a, a hard difficulty level um, I haven't done it on the easiest difficulty level and I died twice in the oh, entire okay. game mm. uh, died, died resulting in a reload which actually is a revive option if you die and I think I triggered that a couple of times as well but for the amount of encounters I did actually have randomly in the desert and everything else it it it's a t- it's a tough one. I actually really enjoyed it, and if Andy was here, I'd actually be recommending it to him because I know he'd really enjoy it. He'd like the drop in drop out gameplay because you can stick it in rest mode, turn it on for ten minutes, and come away from it. It's not it's not going to absorb all your time. It just mm. needed to be a bit longer and a bit more guided and focused. And it's yep. yeah, it's missing that. And I think that's what I'm a little bit disappointed of. And then I've read all the post content that's coming and two expansion passes and everything else and thinking, no, the expansion stuff should have been in to begin with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a bit ranty there, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. no it's, it's, good. it's ranty, but I liked it. It's, it's such a weird <laughs> yeah. feeling. <laughs> uh, and then I'm, I'm going to mention this last one because genuinely, genuinely, it's been that long since we recorded together. I can't remember if I have ever mentioned it. About playing... Have I played quite a bit of Mortal Kombat 11 as well? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Enjoying it? Yes. I suck. I suck online. And <laughs> that's the that's the problem. Because you just got to get used to getting beaten each time you go online. I've I've enjoyed the story, funnily enough, although it's bad insane. I've enjoyed that part of it. I, I love the style, the way it's done. Um, the whole upgrade system and currency elements are a bit painful Mm. and yeah the towers stuff it's interesting it's really it's a really nice way of doing kind of an arcade mode Uh, but again it's a game that's not compatible with rest mode it requires a permanent connection to the server stick it in rest mode you lose all your progress Uh, not in not in the story mode but in the towers and you you know some of these towers are a shed load of fights and you might actually want to take a break halfway through forget using the options we actually have in our consoles. Um, but it is good. It is very, very good as a fighting game. I can't knock it on that. And I've, I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm looking forward to the DLC awesome. whenever we find out what that is. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, when that comes in, that'll reignite it a little bit for me. So I can. Is that new fighters and stuff? Yes, yeah, it'll be new characters. But I, I don't think, as we're talking now, I don't think they've announced who they're going to be. Oh, okay. But they had some good ones with 10, like the Predator and... The alien and mm. other bits and pieces. They have Freddy and Jason, and they, they kind of go for big movie license type stuff and make it, you know, really do it justice. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm quite looking forward to seeing where they go with it, and that'll that'll make me go back to it. Cool. So yeah, that's that's about it. I've, I probably are more things that I've forgotten about. It's been a long time since we last did a roundup like this. Oh yes, it feels yeah. like it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and. You know what? I don't think it's I don't think it's slacking off as we move through June as well. I've still got a lot there. I've got days days gone. Not even mention that. I've I've still got more of that to play. I've I've got I've got I've got the kill you know the killing floor VR game. There's mm-hmm. oh blood and truth is coming out. There's there's all sorts. Yeah. And I'm oh I need more time. <laughs> okay. So yes, anyway, anyway, yes, we can all lament the lack of having any time to actually play any games. We ought to stop complaining because we are quite lucky still. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate to get the, the freebies and whatnot. So not even that, I think we're just fortunate to be able to do these things. Well yeah, there is yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Matt, um I've got a quiz for you. Oh god. <laughs> there's me thinking we were about to finish. And there's a quiz? No, yeah, yeah. All right then, cool. Um, unfortunately Andy's not here to join in. So it's it's along the lines of Assassin's Creed. It's it's Assassin's Creed themed. Oh, nice! Um, and it's a higher or lower, or bigger or smaller. Okay. In, in this instance, so it's all the map sizes from the games. Oh, cool! So I'll give you a game. Yeah. And you have to tell me if you think that is 
that map's bigger or smaller than the previous game. So we'll start okay. off with your favourite, Assassin's Creed Rogue. Based in the <laughs> North Atlantic Sea. Is that my favourite because I've never played it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so And that is 70 kilometres squared. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So Assassin's Creed 1, based in Damascus. Yes. Is that higher or lower than Assassin's Creed Rogue. Is that the combination of all the maps when it had to load between sections, or is that just one map? No, it's the whole the whole lot. Okay, well, I, would, I would I would have gone Rogue was bigger. Yes, yeah. it is. So uh, the very first Assassin's Creed game was only zero point one three kilometers squared. Really, so that's small. small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, up next, Assassin's Creed Unity which is based in Paris and also helping rebuild the Notre Dame, which has got an insane amount of money, but that's oh, yeah. for a different political yeah. podcast. Positive review, positive review bombing on Steam as well because of it. Yeah. Good press yeah. Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so is that bigger or smaller than Damascus? I'm going to go, I'm going to go bigger. Yeah, it is. Uh, so um, Assassin's Creed Unity is 2.40 yeah. kilometers squared. Okay. Uh, up next is Assassin's Creed 2, which is a combined oh. map with Florence and Venice. So is that bigger or smaller than Assassin's Creed Unity's 2.40 kilometers square? Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say, oh God, because it had the, the other places as well, which I forget, Sam, mm. what's its face, which I, I forget the name of it now. Yep. He did the flying oh. bits and whatnot. Um. I want to say low, but I'm going to say it was bigger than you, Unity. No, it's smaller. <sighs> it's only 0.62 kilometres really? square. Really? For all of yeah. those sections? With San Giamatti, yeah. is it? Or all of yeah, them together? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The two separate maps themselves, so it was it was split into Florence and Venice. Florence was only 0.30 and Venice was 0.37. Okay. There you go. Well, so um, moving on, Assassin's Creed Origins, or Oranges, as we like to call it, which was based in Egypt, is that bigger or smaller than Assassin's Creed Two? Yes, it's quite even enough to answer this one. I bet the opening ten minutes is bigger than Assassin's Creed Two. <laughs> bigger. Yes, it is. It's eighty kilometers squared. Wow, so it's the, bigger than Rogue, uh, the, and you're not in yeah. a ship. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, next up, Assassin's Creed Revelations, which is in Constantinople, which I've not played. Is that bigger or smaller than Origins? I think that's, that's got to be a lot smaller. Yeah, it's a bit of an easy one, that one. Uh, so, that is only 0.94 kilometres oh, but squared. it's still bigger than two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it didn't feel as varied. Mind you, there's a massive river through the middle of it, so maybe that's why it didn't feel quite as big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, up next, Assassin's Creed 3. Again, one of your favourite ones. No, it's... Based in ah. New York. <laughs> um, and this doesn't include Frontier. So um, is this bigger or smaller than Revelations? And it's not including the Frontier part. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to say bigger. No, it's smaller. Is it? Yeah, by 0.01 of oh. a kilometre. <laughs> Oh, it's 0.93 kilometres squared. <laughs> uh, up next is Assassin's Creed 3 Frontier. So is that bigger <laughs> or smaller than Assassin's Creed 3, basically? I never played that part of it because I never even got five no, hours I haven't past either. Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, it was, was it DLC. It was standalone DLC, was standalone wasn't it? Standalone DLC. Well, I'm going to take yeah. a point it was smaller than the main game. No, it's bigger. Really? Yeah, it's a uh, 1.14 kilometer square. Oh, that's quite a bit bigger then. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is based in Rome, another kind of standalone game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the sequel to two. Really, it yeah. Was Revelations and Brotherhood Ezio. kind of came out at the same time, didn't they? So or, you, had, um, you had two. You had Brotherhood, then you had Revelations. They were yeah, all telling Ezio's yeah. story, and I think Brotherhood is probably my favourite oh, of okay. all of them. Um, so I'm. Even though it's that, I'm going to say it's smaller than Frontier. Uh, it's a trick question. <laughs> it's the same size. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'll let you have a point. Uh, yeah, that's 1.14 kilometres squared as well. Really? Actually, I didn't expect yeah. it to be that big. I did 
I did think it was bigger than Revelations, though. So oh, that's no interesting. Yeah, yeah. Brotherhood was a, a cracking game. I think they nailed everything in Brotherhood. Mm. I, I've not played that one. It's, it's a couple that I need to go back because you can get that pack now, can't you? Where they've the Ezio collection redone them. Yeah. yeah, two two's good, but two was a significant yeah. in, improvement of one. Oh god, yeah, massive. Brotherhood yeah. was. Brotherhood was great. It, they just got everything right. And Revelations actually is a good game, but the story's a bit weak in comparison. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you have to watch uh, Assassin's Creed Embers after that. Right. Okay. So um, up next is Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is based in London. So is that bigger or smaller than Brotherhood, which is based in Rome? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope on this, but I, is it smaller? No, oh. it's... Uh, one of the bigger ones. Really? Uh, it's 3.70 kilometers square. That's surprised me because I felt that game was a lot smaller, a lot more compact. I think it's others. just because it's so dense. Yeah, it must be. Because you spend a lot of time on the rooftops or running down alleyways and, and different things. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's probably it. Yeah. I don't know how true that is to London itself, if, if London is that squared. I don't know. I, I no, I don't know. I do I do remember I was going around looking at landmarks and things though and, and trying to figure out areas I walk around. Um yeah. to see if I could yeah. I could map it mentally, whether it looked familiar <laughs> or not, but um I never really found anywhere that I do well enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. So we're down to the last two. So the next one is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so the latest one. Oh, the wow, latest instalment. That's a no brainer. It's such a Greece. tiny game is that one. Uh yeah, no, yeah. yeah, the biggest of the lot so far. Yes, it is. Um, any guesses how big you think it is in squared kilometers? Uh, so the biggest we've had so far is 80. Got out somewhere in the region of 95 square kilometers. 130, 130. kilometers squared. Oh. Yeah, it is massive. Have you played it yet? No, I haven't. I am finishing Origins before I go to that one because I will it never is, finish Origins if I don't. It, it's, it's phenomenally big. So when you zoom out, there's just so many different islands and things to go to. To the point that personally, I don't think the map zooms in enough for you to get an accurate location <laughs> of where you need to go to. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, mo- literally all of Greece is there. Wow. And then finally, Black Flag. Is that bigger or smaller than Odyssey? I loved Greece? the naval combat in Black Flag and sailing around. But I'm going to say it's smaller than Odyssey. No, <gasps> it's the biggest is one it? out of them all. Two hundred and thirty-five kilometers squared. Jesus, I no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have estimated that. I know there was a lot of ocean and a lot of things to do. I wouldn't have said yeah. it was as big as that. Yeah. Amazing. So it's it's interesting how how they all vary and how your perspective of playing a game. You think something's either smaller or bigger, like like the the syndicate when you're in London because it is so compact and you're in a in a different age. You're kind of in the Victorian age, aren't you? Yeah. Kind of. It feels a lot more claustrophobic, yes. so you think the map is smaller, but in effect, you actually are covering quite a distance. And I think it's probably because you had that zip line I thing s- as yeah, well, a good point. You which can made a lot it faster. Didn't granted, you? you didn't have a horse and stuff yeah. as such, but you grappling yeah. hook and everything, and swinging yeah, through, and, and yeah. the train and yes. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the horse and carriages actually, they were they were quite speedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so there interesting. You go. That's it. Yeah, I'm not. Not a bad effort as the as the quiz creator virgin this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've, you've popped my cherry, Matt. Don't tell Andy, he'll be jealous. <laughs> yeah. I took that. There's nowhere to go after that. No, uh, no. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll be back in a week with, um, it's, it's one of our favourite shows of the year and you may get to even hear it this time, E3 Predictions. Ooh. <laughs> But yes, join us in a week's time and we'll be talking about what we think we're going to hear from E3. Thanks for listening. If you want to contact us at all, hit us up at Codec Moments on Twitter, Codec Moments on Facebook, Codec Moments on Instagram, but I don't know which one of us even looks at that, so maybe avoid that one. Um, contact hyphen us at codecmoments.com if you like email, or just go to the website and put a comment on an article. And if you're feeling especially generous, and I'm probably speaking to people who've won Codec Momentum prizes in the past on this, head to iTunes and give us a review. Put a rating Ooh, on there for us. Yeah, We'd quite like that. It. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye. In a bizzle. <laughs>